And welcome back to the South End Zone, brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I am back with you after a week off. And also, Eric's back with you. A little unexpected yep. uh, scheduling conflict last week, Eric. We weren't able to hop in and give our predictions, but we gave those on Twitter, if you want to go back yep. and look at them. But, uh, yeah, man, we're back. So, Eric, holy shit, dude, what a weekend of college football. How you doing, man? You uh, you still licking your wounds? You still pissed off, or are you, you over it? <laughs> still it, it, was, it was a weekend... It, it was a weekend of uh, some some really good games, big pivotal matchups, a couple of ugly ones that I was one of the few people who appreciated, maybe. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we got the uh, the ESPN Invitational lineup all set, and oh, here we man. are. You're so bitter. <laughs> so bitter. I, I, I am bitter. We obviously we will get into it. I'm not bitter necessarily, yes. specifically about Florida State. You, you yourself know my stance on a lot of things that went on Sunday oh, yeah. because we've talked about it at length, much to my wife's chagrin. Um, she calls well, you my boyfriend, by the way. Oh well, it's good to be uh, somebody's boyfriend, but, uh, I guess. I just I, I have issues, and there's some stuff that I, I'm just I'm just sick of, and I don't want to put up with anymore. But yeah, I don't blame you, man. Some, there was some good football. There was, as a Bama fan, obviously I feel fortunate and uh, all of that good stuff that goes with it. But I do humbly acknowledge that if I were in that position, I would feel probably worse than I felt last year uh, when TCU got thrown in. But we'll get into all that. And uh, man, some. I guess we can go ahead and get the stinker picks that we made out of the way, mm-hmm. or that I made <laughs> out of the way, and uh, the ones you made. And we will yep. run through those really fast, and we can just talk about these games as they pop up in the picks, and then we'll okay. get to we'll get to the rest afterwards. Okay. Well, let's get the easy stuff out of the way. Um, I missed on New Mexico State plus ten and a half. They lost to Liberty, I believe, by fourteen. Yeah, give, give me um, liberty or give me death, man. Yeah, New Mexico State again. has been excellent. I think they were something like nine and three against the spread. Yeah, uh, ten and a half was. I mean, crossing over ten was a tempting enough number. Uh, gave them a shot, and you know, figuring it's tough to beat a good team twice, and New Mexico State is the best team that Liberty has played, and they've played them twice. They represent Liberty's two best wins. Um, it was worth a shot. Didn't work out. Not Liberty, super buttered about it. Yeah, Liberty with a super tough strength of schedule of one thirty. One thirty three. Yeah, dead that, fucking that's, last. <laughs> that is. We'll talk about that later. Um, Troy minus five and a half. They won by multiple scores. I think last I looked, that they were up by like seventeen or something. They just ran roughshod over App State. Like I yeah. kind of thought they would. Um, yeah, forty nine. I would have forty nine twenty three final. Yeah, blowout. Yeah. I, I would have loved to see Troy and James Madison matched up in that game based on how heads and shoulders above the rest of the conference, those two teams are on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And John, uh, John Sumrall at Troy is, has a chance at a back-to-back 12 win season. Um, why that guy is still at Troy is an absolute mystery to me, but <laughs> may not, uh, may not be for very long. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I mean, these these jobs are kind of not necessarily flying off the shelf, but they're not sitting open long either. Um, yeah. But Troy minus five and a half was an easy winner. Uh, let's get this one out of the way because this it's does not warrant much discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both hit on Iowa, Michigan under 34 and a half. <laughs> I, I went back and forth on the Iowa team total of six and a half. And I was just like, man, special teams. I told you to take, I told you to take the under. <laughs> you did. Told you, told you to do it. it. It was, it was seven and a half briefly for like two hours one day in the middle of the last week. And I almost jumped on it and I didn't, I never got above seven. If it was above seven, I would have taken it, but, uh, I got it at a flat seven. Uh, yeah. Something, well, something around Thursday, I think Wednesday as it turns out, 0.5 would have been a winner because Michigan <laughs> wins 20, what? Eight, six, four, something? 26, 0. 26, 26 to nothing. I, that one, uh, that game, I could not, 
watch much of it any one stretch because really I wanted to watch the other game. Um, but even like during commercial breaks or quarter breaks or whatever, flipping back over, I can only handle so much Gus Johnson at one time. Yeah, I didn't I, watch I didn't I watch one that. second of it. Not only did I want to not want to watch, I was fucking terrible offense, not score. But I didn't want to listen to Gus Johnson either. No yeah. disrespect to the guy. Or he, or watch Michigan's offense. Uh yeah. we'll, that'll be a discussion further down the show road mm-hmm. here. Uh, but we both hit that. Iowa under is going to put my kids through college. Um, <laughs> you were on Oregon minus nine and a half. I almost mm. took this one too. Um, yeah. Because it's of how one. the first game went, I was like, man, Oregon lost by three on the road and they left a lot of points on the field and just either, either a slight change in approach or the same approach and you just fall into better results right mm-hmm. the same process could easily happen as well and but i i wasn't sure about nine and a half like up to a touchdown i probably would have taken oregon but once you get past like eight and a half i was like, mm. I, I think washington can score enough to keep within 10 points um and they did and they win kind of a back and forth game. I mean, they jumped all over those dudes or I don't know how much of it you watched, but they I were saw a good I saw early. a good bit. Yeah, I saw a good bit of it and the biggest surprise was how the Washington was the far more the, physical team. The physicality up front from Washington. Yes, they they really pushed, surprised me. They pushed Oregon around pretty much most yeah. of the night and <laughs> people want to talk about Penix and how great he is and how he's the best player on the field and all that. Well, I don't know if anybody's been watching Dylan Johnson, but the the, the dude is just a machine. He's a machine. He's a tough, so, tough runner. Yeah. So I don't know what he was doing in Mississippi State for three seasons, but uh, clearly not running the ball. But uh, he is now. Well, it's Mississippi State. And yeah. So it. Uh, they, yeah. they didn't run much up until this season. So, yeah, he's a hell of a player. Um, Washington jumps out to an early lead. Oregon kind of works their way back. They took a lead in the second half at one point. Washington gets it back and sort of sort of rides it out. But it was, it was a fun game. It was a very good game. And Washington finishes 13-0 and as the Pac-12 champ and punches their ticket to the playoffs. Indeed. Uh, Kalen DeBoer goes up to something like 110 and 12 as a head coach or 101 and it's just yeah it's like 111 and 11 or some shit it's it's just an absurd just preposterous number (laughs) Uh, i don't know how long he's gonna be in washington man they're gonna have to somebody's gonna throw big money at that dude uh after you know if not this year a couple more years like i mean imagine if they go to to the Big Ten and like fuck around and get in the Big Ten championship next year. Well, and and I don't remember if it was the group chat or if I was texting someone else, but like, would it shock you to see those two teams in the Big Ten championship game next year? No, especially not with what I've seen from Ohio State's transfer portal today. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, their their locker room for the Gotten Pole is going to be like that that Fresh Prince meme where he's just standing on the rug in the empty room, <laughs> like, you know, or the John Travolta. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, we're at the point where that's most locker rooms now. Like, yeah, that's, any, that's why you can't. And all for, but four. Yeah, and for the listeners, we're going to eventually pick bowl games and pick the spreads and all this. But understand that Eric and I put zero stock in bowl games as far as like our power ratings go. Yeah, and zero money on them. Yeah, pretty much. It's mostly just like suggestions. You know, it's more like guidelines of what you it's should more like, be. Pick. I mean, in some cases, it's more like wild ass guess. <laughs> yeah, bowl games is uh, it's a it's a nasty it's business. Ugly. Yeah, ugly work. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh. And then the last game, uh, kind of the one everyone was looking at, including us. We split this one because I took Alabama plus five and a half. You took the over 55 and a half. So it came up just short on that. Indeed. Um, you asked me that morning when after, after I had put the picks up on Twitter, if I thought Alabama was going to win. Mm-hmm. And re- what I said was, I have no idea. Like it, it's going to be a very, I expect a very close game. 
I don't know that I could pick a winner like with any confidence, but I'm not willing to bet on Nick Saban losing an SEC championship game by basically a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, it just seems so unlikely that I have to take them plus the points. Like I, I felt like those teams are so evenly met because I went through everything from, you know, third down conversion percentage to rush yards attempt uh, allowed to, you know, red zone to explosive plays, everything. And there is in most categories, there was a, a slight yet noticeable edge for Georgia in most of those, but there was no like, hey, this is a clear strength for Georgia. You know, this aspect, like they're very, very evenly matched teams, which obviously is what we saw. The game effectively hinged on uh, Alabama being a little bit better up front the entire game and Georgia turning the ball over inside their own. Well, it must have been inside probably the 25. Yeah, inside the 15 fumble or, and the reverse. Yeah, I think it was like right around the 15 yard line. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, th- this game, uh, you know, between these, you know, two uh, types of teams, right, playing at the level that they're playing at is th- the margins are just so small. And it's going to come down to three or four plays, swing the whole thing. Yeah. it uh, that That's kind of what – and I don't know if I was – if it was you or if I was talking to somebody else, it was – I, I want to see which team is the first to make a mistake because Georgia to this point in the year really hasn't made mistakes in games. They might not play well, you know, they might not, or they might make a, a mistake when they're up 14 or 17 points. Yeah. I think coming out sluggish, like they've done a number of times is different right. from. Correct. And so they're in this game and they're actually playing from behind and then they make a mistake. That's the first time we've seen them do that like all year. And mm. that, that to me was the difference in the game combined with the fact that one, I understand Georgia fans. Like I feel for you, even though I'm an Alabama fan, I get it because a couple of years back we went and got our ass kicked by Georgia and we didn't have our best two players on the field. Jameson Williams and John Mechie didn't play and we got our asses handed to us. I think Lad McConkey being 25% health, maybe they, boy, those dudes look rough. And Bowers, I mean, he looked you know, 50, 60 percent ish. He, he, you know, he wasn't, he didn't look slow, but he just didn't look as he wasn't magic. moving the same way. And right. to be clear, Brock Bowers at 50 percent is a serviceable quality college football player, but he's not Brock <laughs> Bowers. And yeah, so I, I get the frustration from Georgia fans. You feel like you're missing a couple of your best weapons. Uh, at least get, not having them at a hundred percent, and they made one critical mistake, and it ended up costing them. And I, I would argue too, honestly, because the the false start that prior to the missed field goal. Yeah, not to that interrupt was- your flow there, but that that ended up as one of those like it felt at the time. Boy, that could be a big thing, and then as the game goes on, you're like, that was a big thing, right? Take five yards and then miss the field goal by this much. Yeah. Well, the other thing, what I saw in this game, like the moment it changed for me, and there's a stat that I saw, shout out to our boy, Cole Kublik, who was on the show back in the offseason. Yep. Love that guy. Uh, I noticed something, and I went back and watched this uh, after later on, but I saw this stat, and I was like, damn, that's a great point, because I, I didn't think about it while I was watching, but great thing he noticed um, when Mims got hurt. And went out. I think that changed the game completely because you know how many times that Alabama rushed more than four people the entire game? Uh, I think it's low number. I think it's like one or two. One. Yeah. That's right. And they were able to get home and get pressure on Beck and make him move around and force him to make tight throws that weren't wide open. And yeah. Alabama's secondary played really well. So, yeah. And, and that's huge. If you can get pressure on the quarterback and not have to bring an extra guy that, that goes a long, long ways in limiting those explosive plays, which was what a, a one of the very few like noticeable, like sizable differences in the two in terms yeah. of Alabama explosive plays and Georgia explosive plays. 
Yeah, I think Mims going out was a big, big problem for Georgia because that just that that really opened the door for Dallas Turner and Braswell to start making some noise, and it just man, it, it really. I felt like turn because I mean Georgia came out and went right down the field and scored and looked like Georgia. Yeah. And I was like, too easy, too easy, like, man, man. This is gonna be a war. I had friends texting me saying, "Man, this is gonna get ugly." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Pump the brakes there, home slice. That's some scripted yeah. stuff. Like, let let them let them get into the game here. It's uh, three minutes into the first quarter. Relax." And so it went. I don't want to say like I thought it would, but. What surprised me the most is, man, Georgia was double spying Milrow for a good part of the game. They had two guys on him. Mm-hmm. That's just not a defense you see played by very many people, like, ever. You don't see too many people putting two guys on a quarterback. And I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I was like, man, Georgia's defense, if you'd have told me any time in the last three years they have to double spy a guy to cover him and still – didn't really succeed all that well. Yeah, and, and no, they didn't. They, they had a couple of freshmen at linebacker. Um, yeah, you know, Dumas, Dumas Johnson being out hurt. They, they've gotten used to playing without him. He's been out for a month, but yeah, um, you know, those Different guys were playing ahead of him for a reason. Also, yeah, so, yeah, you know, it, injuries are part of the game, as we found out yesterday, um, and they can affect a team's outlook. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to team outlooks here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, Alabama ends up punching their ticket. They're in the playoffs, much to the chagrin of Florida State fans and Eric. But uh, we can uh, move on from that pick. So, yeah, I was on the the over. That was a loser. And you cashed on Bama plus the five and a half. Yep. So uh, I finish three and one. For the week, uh, fin- a strong finish to a horseshit year, and you finish one and two with, uh, I would say, a couple of bad beats, but really not. I mean, it was just nah. you lost a couple. Yeah, no, nah, just a, the the Oregon pick was a bad pick. I I underestimated Washington, and the other thing about Washington, real quick, quick note. I was basing that pick based on how Penix had looked the last few weeks. Yeah, you know, he didn't look healthy. I, mean, I think he was hurt, yeah. Yeah, me and you kind of talked about that offline. Like, I don't think he's really healthy. He's probably 75%, maybe. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know if Bud Kilmer was in the locker room before the game and, like, giving yeah, him a shot. I don't know. You know who knows? Whatever they gave him. I mean, there were some ropes out there. Yeah, giving him some wind straw or whatever it was. <laughs> so, he was. Uh, he looked really good, and that was not something I was ex- expecting to see. So, Got some bowl games to make up the ground, but um, you know I've got a couple of futures that are still out there. They're going to keep me in the positive. I feel like uh, based on where I'm at right now. All right. So, all right, let's talk about the rest of these games, and then we'll get into the playoff discussion. Okay. <sighs> Texas. Oh. I I I made it through. A quarter and a half. (laughs) There's some statistics in this game that are just mind-blowingly high. Like, for instance, uh, where'd it go? There it is. Hang on. Let me find. It was was yards after catch. Mm -hmm. I was trying to find it. (laughs) I can't find it now. I don't know where I went. Texas had over 300 yards after the catch. Like, yo, (laughs) where's the defense, man? Oklahoma State played not a shred of defense all day. Texas lit them up like a Christmas tree from start to finish, 49-21, and they punched their ticket. And it was – they could have beat them 100 to 21. It was not close. How many points did they score? I, I want to say they had 42 at halftime. Is that not correct? Uh, they had 35. At 30, okay, so it was right after the half, then they scored probably. Yeah, 35-14, and then they come out and score right after the half, make it 42-14. to 14. Yeah, I, yeah, I gave up on that one towards the end of the second quarter, and then I checked back in briefly um, more towards like the late third. I remember telling you like, because I, they t- they either got it on downs or or took a punt, um, maybe even a kickoff. I get they started a possession like right as I flipped over, 
And I watched like six plays and they suddenly they're on the 10. It's like every play is just a chunk. And I think at that point you said they were averaging like seven yards per snap or eight yards per snap, which is just an absurd number. Yeah, it was at that point, I think it was over 10 yards per play that they were averaging. It was 10.5 when we were talking about that. Oh, so I, I don't know, man. And offhand, do you know the status of Xavier Worthy's injury? No. Um, when I had checked back in, actually it was after that because I was uh, putzing around on Twitter and I saw a clip of him coming out of the locker room with a walking boot on, if I remember right, his left lower leg and crutches. And I, that's the last I've seen or heard anything Xavier Worthy related. Okay, it says x-rays are negative. So he didn't break anything, but we don't know the status outside of that. And we'll keep a watch on that looking forward for their matchup that we'll talk about here in just a minute. But yeah, Texas uh, outgains Oklahoma State 662 to 281, blows them out in Arlington, straight up beat down. And uh, I'll tell you what, man. A little bit of a surprising lower-level game result here. Boise State just takes UNLV and Barry Odom to the woodshed. Uh, the computer apparently was right in putting Boise State in the conference championship because yeah. whew, 44 to 20, just shellacked them, beat down. And then Tulane, who we talked about a little bit, Willie Fritz is yep. off to Houston as their head coach and SMU wins the conference championship right before they're headed to the ACC. So outside of that, that's pretty much all the action that I care to talk about. Don't really care about Miami, Ohio of Toledo, sort of a letdown there from Toledo. <sighs> the last conference championship that I'm going to talk about is going to lead me into the playoff discussion. And that would be Florida state and Louisville. Now, full disclosure, I didn't watch, but about maybe a quarter of this. And that's about mm -hmm. all I could stand to look at. So what were your takeaways from Brock Lynn trying to lead a team as a third stringer? He looked like a third stringer. He looked like a third <laughs> string true freshman playing, you know, getting his first start in a power five game. Like, I'm not sure what people were expecting. Uh, I was expecting them to have to lean on the run and that he was going to struggle and they're going to have to play good defense. And that's exactly what happened. They were absolutely suffocating on defense. They had 14 tackles for loss. That is the first time a Jeff Brom offense has been held under 200 total yards in six years. Uh, they ran for like 190. You know, they did some stuff out of the wildcat to kind of cover up the fact that, hey, you know, we have a quarterback who's who's struggling. The, the weather was not ideal, but, you know, they – they won a conference title game by 10 points against a top 15 team with a third string freshman quarterback. Like, I don't understand why that wouldn't enhance a team's case to be a more complete team that can compete. It's a fair point, especially when you think back about like the Ohio States of the world who won a national championship with Cardell Jones. Now, that being said, I'm not putting. Brock Glenn in the same caliber of player as Cardell Jones. But I understand the argument, and it's not a bad argument. I think the fact that Louisville was their opponent was sort of not helpful. It, no, know? it wasn't, because we've been talking since July about specifically about Louisville's schedule yeah. and their potential to be kind of a paper tiger to where they, they could very well end up with a record uh, – that looks better than they actually are. And I think that I think we got that from Louisville this year. I don't think they're talent wise. I don't know that they're a 10 win team, even in the ACC. They just missed a lot of teams that could probably beat yeah, them. They missed the three toughest teams in the conference. So, <laughs> I mean, they losing to Kentucky did not help their case as a somebody that's going to give you more merit on your schedule. But let's be realistic. These committee people, they don't they don't know shit about Louisville. They don't care. <laughs> so all that being said, Florida State passed for 55 yards, mm -hmm. rushed for a buck 64, 219 total yards. It was an ugly game. 16 to 6 final. So Louisville finishes 10 to 3. I would say 
fortunate year and schedule for Jeff Bra. You know, impressive to at least take his team to a conference yeah, I mean, championship. A year I don't after want to taking Purdue to one, you know? I don't want to just sit here and completely poo-poo Louisville. Mm-hmm. Right? Winning 10 games is hard. Yeah. I don't care what conference you're in. I don't care what your schedule Winning 10 games is hard. If it was easy, more people would do it. Facts. Um, Especially with a guy like Jack Plummer at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know that if they if they kind of fit you know, your mind's eye of what a 10 team or 10 win team actually looks like. I, you know, going eight and four in the ACC isn't the easiest thing in the world. Otherwise everyone would do it. They're probably closer to an eight or nine win team and had some, some good fortune with the schedule still finished 10 and two and still went to the conference championship game. You still have to go out there and win those games. Nothing's given. Um, but I think the perception of Louisville being a fairly middling ACC team that I don't want to say lucked their way into the conference title game, but maybe wasn't, you know, if Clemson was 10 and two and you go beat Clemson in the title game, that's all, that's a completely different deal. Yeah. Cause Florida state beat them in overtime at Clemson earlier in the season. And if Clemson were, 11 and one or 10 and two and Florida state went out and beat them again. I think they have a much better case now. If Clemson was nine and three, Clemson's still Clemson. Yeah. You know, if Clemson's one loss record just didn't, you know, was such that they still had a good conference record and made the conference championship game, even at eight and four and Florida state beat them. I think that perception of that win would be different than beating Louisville the other night. Yeah. Well, I think Florida State fans would have been able to tolerate a loss uh, Saturday a lot more than they were able to tolerate what happened on Sunday. So let's talk about that. And okay, you're a Florida State fan. You have the floor. Feel free to tee up the committee because. Okay. And that's, I'm glad you said that because that is my issue. My issue is not Florida State got left out mm-hmm. because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that unequivocally they're one of the four best teams. I think they can play with a lot more teams than people are giving them credit for. And sure. They have an elite defense. I don't care what anybody says about their quarterback situation. I I saw some asshole on Twitter be like, Oh, you know, Michigan, Michigan would be minus 24 against them. No, fuck no. no. Michigan but, can't score against oh god. Yeah, Michigan wouldn't score 24, let alone win, but Florida State hasn't given up 20 points in a game since fucking September. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like people they've given like up one touchdown say, in their last 11 quarters. What are we do people think before they speak? Right. I can no, see they like don't, the, but, the absolute worst case I can see in a game like that is like 21 or 20 to nothing because Florida State can't score and they end up just giving the other team so many chances, stuff like that. But their their defense is like top tier SEC caliber defense, so they could play with tons of teams. Yeah, they. uh, I don't know. I will see what rosters look like for the Orange Bowl. Mm. Um, uh, what that means for them is is a whole different deal. We'll work our way towards, but. My gripe is not Florida State didn't get in. My gripe absolutely is not Alabama did get in or even Texas. My my gripe is the same as been for a couple of years that I am ab- I'm up to here, right? And and I'm 6'4", so up to here, think how high that is. That's how high up I am on the nonsense and bullshit and dishonesty that comes from the college football playoff selection committee. Every week is a different target. Year to year, uh, the idea that a power five, undefeated power five champ can not just not get in, but be in and get bumped out and jumped by two one loss teams after beating a top 15 team is completely inconsistent with everything that the committee has said and done for a decade. And it's inconsistent with how they voted the previous two weeks, right? Their rationale is horseshit. Anyone who believes that it's because, it, like, all their reasoning and all their posturing passes, like, not the basic level of logic and scrutiny. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, a lot of times if you want to dig into something and find out what the real story is, you ask, like, the next logical question, right? There's no, there's just a question. 
Like there's one layer to this onion, right? If Jordan Travis was so important that they are suddenly not a playoff team, I have questions. Yeah, why wasn't why weren't they number five two weeks ago when he went? Down? They were number five two weeks ago, and then the Florida game happened, and they got moved up to number four. Right, Jordan Travis didn't break his leg Saturday night in Louisville. He broke it two weeks ago against North Alabama. Yeah. They got moved from four to five, and then they beat Florida by two possessions on the road. Solid win. They go to number five. Then I'm sorry that they moved back up to four. Yeah, back up to four. Then they go get the Louisville win with the third string quarterback, and they yeah, they move up because they get they, two. They moved up they get, because Ohio State lost. Yes, yeah. so they moved up one them in Washington, and then they win the conference championship game with the third string quarterback, and they get jumped. They have two different one loss teams jump four spots ahead of them. So. I I have serious doubt that if Jordan Travis had not missed those two games, right? If he had not broken his leg and he had played and they went at Florida by nine in the ACC title game by 10, that they would still be in regardless. I think it has much more to do with Alabama and Texas being a package deal. I think the injury is a convenient excuse because it doesn't match what they've done the last two weeks. Right. Or what um, they did last year or the year before. It, I mean, nothing matches. And my, my gripe with the committee, there's like, I don't ever want to hear the most deserving or best debate again in my life because they did neither. Yeah. And that, I guess that's my main gripe with the thing because even though Alabama got in, I still have gripes. Like Florida State not getting in for whatever reason you want to take that, that, you know, that's all fine and good. If you're a Florida State fan or you're just a, a hater of the committee and you think Florida State should have been in, fine. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. But what I will say is more criminal than Florida State not getting in is Georgia not getting in. Well, I mean, and, last, and that, goes, last that year, goes back to the, last the year, best and most deserving debate. Last year, you put in TCU after losing to Kansas State in the conference championship game. You put TCU in anyway over mm. Alabama and over Tennessee. Yeah. Teams that the, were better than them. And it's a little, I mean, the landscape's were, a little different, right? Because you have so many more. Is it though? Because it's supposed yeah, to it be, is. it's supposed to be the four best teams. That's well, what they say. Right. But, but most of these teams don't play each other. So you, how do you know who's best and who's not? It's it, it gets too subjective. The landscape was different last year because there weren't zero and one loss conference championships all over the place. Sure. There was Georgia and there was Michigan and there then that was it. Well, one thing I can I do know is unequivocally Georgia is one of the four best teams in the country. Yeah, it's period. not a it's not a question. <laughs> like it's no question they're one of the four best. Period. Their roster is better than just about anybody, and they can beat anybody. They had won twenty nine fucking games in a row to that. Yeah, point. They, they would. I mean, not. I think this is not a stupid. Me- I think selecting a playoff field by this metric alone would be insanity. But who would be favored over Georgia right now, tomorrow on a neutral? No field? one. No Nobody. one. Absolutely fucking no I, one. Alabama wouldn't. No, they would be no, they'd be underdogs. And most people would probably still pick Georgia to beat them. Yeah, so, so so here's my thing. Uh, like I'll stand on my soapbox for a minute. There's a couple of things, and I, I know me and you talked about this offline, so I'm gonna be quick about it. I completely agree with everything you're saying about the disingenuous bullshit that the committee's putting out. You know, I think they bake in, they they sort of predict what they think is going to happen, and that's how they base their rankings. Like I think they, uh, I think that's what they did this time. Well, I do yeah. agree with that. I think they believed that Georgia would win, and therefore they had them at one, and they had Alabama all the way down at eight. Yeah, I think, I, they, I think they assumed that Georgia yeah. would win, and so they really didn't pay. 
much attention or give much scrutiny to is Alabama in the right place. Are there really seven teams better than Alabama? Absolutely not. But no, like, and, and I feel like an, I feel like a moron because three weeks ago when they justified putting Oregon ahead of Texas and Alabama, it's a joke. I was and, blasting and who, on Twitter for it. The, the, the case for Oregon started and ended when they interviewed this guy that Bo Nix had a 78% completion rate. Yeah. What the fuck and, are we and, talking about? <laughs> and instead of like, you know, kind of rolling my eyes and chuckling, being like, oh God, these people are clear. You know, what I should have done was recognize that for what it was, which was like a line of red flags. Like it's outside the fucking UN. Like, yeah. This is this is the criteria we're judged. This is what they think. Who are these people, and yeah. why are they involved in college football? Um, and, and I should have known. I hate myself that I didn't. I should have known that we would get some sort of shit show with half-assed explanations and and, and just ridiculous, you know, process. Basically, uh, when I heard that, that should have been an indicator. Like, okay, this is going to get stupid. Um, they're going to do something for a really dumb reason. And, and here we are. So we've had the the best versus most deserving discussion a number of times. And I don't want to relitigate that. My gripe with the committee is that they did neither of those things. Any best four includes Georgia full stop. Most deserving has to include every 13 and no power five conference champion. Uh, otherwise why, you know, why do they play the games or, or, you know, do the games matter has been a popular debate the last day, obviously, um, which I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other on that. But I will say this, if Florida State had lost to Northern or North Alabama and Florida and LSU, do you know where they would be playing their bowl game? All right, so that was Jason texting me saying his internet came unplugged. So he'll be back in a minute. Uh, but for our listeners, right, if, if Florida State had lost their their three non-conference games, they'd still be in the Orange Bowl against Georgia. Same exact bowl game. So it is kind of a struggle to say, yes, every game matters in, in what a team ends up doing in the season, and it's kind of frustrating. So hopefully Jason will be back because I feel – we're talking to myself and there he is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. The old internet came unplugged, man. No, I went, I went on a brief soliloquy about, um, uh, you know, the games not mattering, uh, not every game mattering. See, w- uh, which is a debate that I don't want to take a side on, but I will say this. And like I told our list, <clears throat> excuse me, like I told our listeners while you were out, um, if Florida state had lost the Florida game and the LSU game and the North Alabama game, they would be in the orange bowl against Georgia. That would be their bowl matchup. See, man, I have a big problem with the games don't matter narrative. Okay. If the games don't matter, assume that Auburn beats Alabama. Mm-hmm. Easy to do, we're, given we're how not, the game went. Yeah. We're not having this conversation. That game mattered. Like, the games fucking matter. All 12 games matter. I get that in Florida State's case, you can sit and say the games don't matter. I totally get it. I understand. But just because you go 13-0 and does not entitle you to the playoff. Liberty's 13-0. and are, can, are, Do you hear Liberty saying, well, our games don't matter? No. Other games outside of your own matter. <laughs> like... Every game that happens matters at the Power 5 level. And they all affect one another. So to sit and have this narrative of, oh, well, the fucking games don't matter. We should just not play and let Vegas choose the champ. It's like, no, that's wrong. They all matter. It's just your games aren't the only fucking ones that matter. Everybody else's matter. And I understand that people want to cry and say SEC bias and all that. And we've talked about this. 
I'm going to say it, and you can all hate me if you like. There should be bias for the SEC. How many fucking championships do they have to win before people start to get it? And I know the past is the past and all that, but if you're going to be biased and you're going to give the benefit of a doubt to a team or a conference, it should be them. And don't talk to me about how they're four and six against the ACC this year. Yeah, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Florida are four and six against the ACC this year. Did you guys play Georgia? Did you play LSU? Yeah, yeah. LSU is one of them. Yeah, so one win against one of the top five teams in the ACC or in the SEC. One win. So, so I'm fine with giving the entire conference the benefit of the doubt when it comes to college football because I think they've earned that over the last two decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so why do so, so why okay, do we so, treat all the so just say that like the, don't pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Don't extend should. or pretend this this fucking charade. They should like say that. like it's not there. Oh yeah, they should say it. It's it's bullshit that they don't and. I don't understand why people have such a big problem with it. I don't get it. Like they're watching the same games I am. Like they can't. I'm not a Georgia fan, okay? But I can watch the fucking TV and realize that fuck, Georgia's really good. They're definitely one of the four best. But people are sitting over there poking holes in them, trying to find something wrong with them. And I'm like, there's there's nothing wrong with them. They're an elite team. Like, stop acting like they're not. The fact that they're not in the playoff is more criminal than the fact that Michigan got into the playoff, who, by the way, didn't fucking play a soul, number one, outside of Ohio State and Penn State, who doesn't have an offense to speak of, and number two, got caught fucking cheating, and they're in, and nobody even bats an eye, but Florida State fans are losing their mind and cussing out Bama fans on Twitter, like, <laughs> I saw a tweet today. It was like, "Go fuck." You said that. Head. I've I haven't seen any of. Oh, that. dude, like, I've been seeing. I, my... I follow I follow Bama people on Twitter, right? Okay. And some of them are trolls, and there there's been a tons of retweets in my feed today of Florida State fans just like blasting Alabama, talking about like, "Go fuck your cousin" and enjoy getting beat by Michigan type shit. You know, okay. that, that, well, I mean, I'm assuming neither of those things will happen, but I mean, as someone who, <laughs> who orbits the periphery of null Twitter, um, yeah. I no, I, all of the, the angst I've seen is the committee rightfully so. Cause they're full of shit. Yeah. Um, ESPN. And I'm not saying there's anything to that. I'm just saying, I'm not saying there isn't. Um, well, anybody who thinks that the networks and I'm speaking about ESPN and Fox and somewhat CBS, mostly ESPN and Fox don't run the sport. They're wrong. ESPN and Fox own the TV rights to the playoff. And so that's who runs the sport. And if you think for one second that the fact that Alabama, Michigan would get much better ratings than a Florida state, Michigan, when Florida State has its second or maybe possibly third string quarterback in there, if you don't think that's a factor in the committee's mind, you're wrong. It is a factor. So they don't want another TCU Georgia. They don't want that to happen. So, yeah, and I get that. But the thing is, it's going to happen anyways. 27 college football playoff games have occurred. 19 of them have been decided by three scores. Yeah, would it shock you if Alabama beat uh, – Michigan no, by it, three scores, or if Texas beat Washington by three scores? I would be surprised if there's not a three-score game because that would be the first time we've ever done a playoff without one. Yeah. It would be the first time. Every, every year, there has been at least one blowout. Every yeah. single year. Every Facts. year, there has been a lower seed won the game. Every year. So the Florida State would be 14-point underdogs against Michigan excuse is an excuse it's bullshit part of the reason i love college football is the unpredictability that comes along with it there's no well you know, in the nfl you never get this hardly ever but like a nine and a half point favorite in the nfl is light years better than the other team yeah that's like a one versus 32 matchup and that the, the underdog 
maybe one in a hundred times wins that outright, right? In, in terms of money line, nine and a half point favorites college football lose all the time. Yeah, one loss we, this week. We had one two days or- ago. Yeah, Oregon. <laughs> so, so, so the the kind of the uh, the ability to have an underdog and to see that unpredictability and the volatility of the sport is one of the things I like most about it. So, so Florida State going into the the playoff as a fourteen point favorite is a feature, not a bug. And if they go and lose by seventeen, join the fucking club with seventy percent of the other games that have ever been played in the playoff. Like they go, they go lose by three touchdowns to Michigan. What does that mean? Like, does that mean they didn't belong? Because no one said, "Oh God, undefeated Alabama didn't belong" when they got the brakes beat off them by Clemson in the final. No one well, said, "Oh, they shouldn't have been there because they lost by twenty-eight points." <laughs> TCU is a different deal because that was fifty, and there was it was not clear that they were one of the four best teams going in. But right. You know, people get curb stomped in the playoffs. Okay, it, it happens every year. Why are we clutching pearls about the fact that it might happen again? It's not the committee's job to, to prognosticate. They're they're there to evaluate past and present. Future is not anywhere in their criteria. Yeah, it's not, but it seems to be all of a sudden, and that's what I don't understand. And also, something that I don't understand. I keep hearing it on TV and all over Twitter and this, that, and the other is either the four best or the most deserving. And what I don't understand is why we can't come to an understanding that it needs to be both. Well, because we haven't had to most years, right. And then in the previous nine years, I would say there's maybe two instances where the best four and the four most deserving are not the same four teams. Most of the time, it's it's a very clear cut. Okay, here's your top four. Whether you want to call them the best four or the four most deserving does not matter because it's the same four. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that. And this year, that's not, it, it's an outlier. That's not the case. I would argue that the last two seasons, we put a team in that was not one of the best four. Like, I think Ohio State would have beaten Cincinnati in 2021. But Ohio State had two losses, and so we didn't put them in. And we put Cincinnati in, and they got wrecked. And then in 2022, TCU got in over in Alabama or Tennessee, who either team, I think, would have wrecked them. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, they won a playoff game. Great. So fucking what? You won a semifinal. You met a real team in the championship and got demolished, which far outweighs the fact that you beat Michigan by 10 points when they threw two pick sixes. Okay. So for them to, the last two seasons, put in a team who's not one of the four best and then turn around and not do it this year, to me, it's like, okay, well, you you did something kind of right. You put the better well, tried, team in, tried, but they tried to just, do both and they did neither. Right. right. They, they kind of right. tried to thread the needle. And if you want to tell me that Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama is a better playoff field than Michigan, Washington, Florida state, Texas, I'm willing to listen to that. That's fine. I can deal with that. It's just how, how we got to this point and you know, you you get the committee pissing on my shoes and telling me it's raining. Right. I just, you know, lying to me because you think I'm stupid and you're just telling me what you think I want to hear. It it is insulting and infuriates me. And that's my problem with the committee. Just, just be honest say, we think a one loss sec champion should be in the playoff period. Yeah. Right. Which, at all. Okay. I'm okay with that. Thank you yeah. for being honest and forthright and telling me that. Now I know that there's three spots for everyone else. And that's okay based on what we've talked about with the SEC and their track record. I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt over another one loss conference champion. Right. But just say that. Don't make up something about a, per, a player being injured yeah. that doesn't pass the slightest bit of scrutiny. 
yeah. based on what you've done for two weeks. So uh, the committee, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I just, every breath one of those people takes should be charged as theft because they are stealing perfectly good oxygen from somebody with value somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I never want to hear best versus most deserving again. I absolutely do not want to ever hear power five or power four. It's yeah. power two period. And if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. But let's just, let's just be adults enough to say that is the way it is and, yeah. and not hide from it. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting debate for sure. I hate it for Florida state. Uh, but I also would like to point out that if they go and beat Georgia, I will 1000% be like, they got fucked over. Well, I mean, yes and no. So here's my, if they go and get wrecked, then I'm going to be like, so I mean, I I know that I've been kind of, I know I've been on my soapbox for most of this 51 minutes we're at, but I don't know that I agree because I don't know what this game is going to tell us about either team. How like do you think Brock Bowers or Keon Coleman are going to play in this game? It's hard to say. Or Lad McConkey or Trey Benson or Jared Verse or uh, pick a name like over I feel like under. They will I feel like they will because it's such a big name matchup and like it, if you're a player who is trying to go to the NFL, you would want to showcase your talent against the best. Well, I would think so, but yeah, there, you're also weighing that against getting injured you know if i go out and tear an acl i'm dropping i'm falling three rounds yeah Um, it's it's an interesting thing and i I do expect some opt-outs but so if a if a i would say 90 percent, 85 percent full strength georgia and an 85 percent full strength florida face off then then i think maybe the, the result of the game if it's skewed one way or the other can maybe tell us about those teams but sure. you know it, florida state goes and they have you know nine starters on offense and nine starters on defense and georgia's the same way and georgia goes and win by 10 points does that like, what does that tell us about Florida State in terms of whether they were deserving of a playoff spot or should have been considered for a playoff spot? I don't think it tells us anything. We don't already know, does it? No, probably not. It, it's like I say, I, I don't understand why we can't come to some better system of ranking teams that includes, one, what happens on the field, because the shit does matter. Not just your games, but everybody else's, and they affect yours, too. So what happens on the field matters. Okay. Power ratings should matter. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Vegas is right more than you. Okay. That's why they have big fucking casinos and you don't. Okay. So if you're a listener and you're, you know, you've beaten Vegas for the last 20 years consistently. Good for you. You're the minority. Okay. Yeah, you're probably not listening to us if that's right. the case. And- if that's the case, you're not on this show. So if you're a listener, you're not beating Vegas as much as they're beating everybody else. Okay. So power ratings should matter. What we think and what we predict to happen should be a factor along with what has happened on the field. And combined with all of that, what the teams are today. In a vacuum, for instance, Florida State, are they the same team they were week one against LSU? Absolutely fucking not. So that should be a factor. Same with Alabama and Texas. Does Alabama look like the same team that got worked by Texas in week two? Not really. So that should be a factor. And the same goes for Georgia and whoever else, Michigan, you know, who hasn't played a fucking soul all season, by the way. Yeah, they're tough to tell. Yeah, so I mean, they haven't had to show us anything. So how do we even know how good they really are? We we watched them, you know, line up and yeah, well, run it was thirty two times against that, Penn State. Did that tell that us? Was my thing. That was my thing with the you know the minus twenty four thing. It was like what what have you seen from Michigan that tells you that they're going to score twenty four points? Have you seen that offense? I'm telling you, they they're the fucking darlings. They're, they're like Iowa with a cool hairdo. Like yeah. That, I, I don't understand. I, like, this is one thing I will rant about. 
Florida State fans are taking issue with the committee and taking issue with Bama being over them. They need to take issue with Michigan being over them. Michigan's resume is way fucking worse than Florida State's. Way worse. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. Florida State's offense with Tate Rodemaker, easily as good as Michigan's offense with yeah, J.J. I think McCarthy. If, I mean, I, I don't know what the, the spread would be, but if Michigan and Florida State played 10 times, I don't think it's unreasonable to believe that Florida State would win four of them. I don't think it's unreasonable to think they'd win more than 50% of them. With, I mean, even with even with Tate Rodemaker, if they had fucking Jordan Travis, I would pick Florida State to win most of the time because yeah, Michigan I, can't I just, score. They can't I score. Just, they can't throw the ball. Like, Yeah, I'm not I, sold that Michigan is the best team in the country or should be the best team. But hey, if, they go out, if they go out and beat Alabama and beat either Texas or Washington, I will say, great job, Harbaugh. Way to go. Mm-hmm. But until I see it, I'm not going to fucking buy it. And Yeah, beat, like beat say, somebody good outside of the Big Ten because right. he hasn't done it. No, he hasn't done it. They play the worst fucking non-conference schedule in America. They played no Power 5 teams. And Florida State had the nuts to go play LSU, and they won. Okay. They beat Clemson on the road in overtime. Get it? Clemson's down. Understand? Understand all that? Point is, they have the same record as Michigan, and they have a better fucking resume. Notre Dame win on the road. Okay. I'll give you that one. It's a good win. Solid. So is beating LSU in a neutral site. So those two cancel out. I don't want to hear about beating Ohio State. It's not the same Ohio State team that it has been. Kyle McCord is not a good quarterback. He's decent. He's I mean he's 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 a good quarterback. He, he's he's so, a far step down from CJ Stroud. It's yeah, almost hard to describe. Yeah, he's so good that he's transferring. Yeah. Why would he transfer from Ohio State? Why? Well, um, I the only reason I can think of for an entrenched starting quarterback of an eleven and one team uh, to transfer somewhat unexpectedly is he was told to. Yeah, he was told you're probably not going to start next year. Same as Dylan Gabriel got told because I guarantee you that's what he got told. Hey, Jackson Arnold's the guy of the future. You yeah, we can't playing? we can't have this guy rot away on the bench forever. Yep, if you want to keep playing, you're gonna have to go find some place to play. Yeah, ugly business that a lot of people don't realize, you know, exists. But back to your original question before we kind of got off track. I I don't know. I want to, I want to see the rosters for the Orange Bowl before, you know, if if both teams are reasonably full strength and and Georgia goes out and beats them 31 nothing, okay, well, we can talk about worthiness then. But, you know, if you get, half one roster and half of the other, I don't think is very informative at all, regardless no. of what the score ends up being. No, I mean, how much did we learn about Florida last year when they got shellacked by Oregon State? Nothing. Yeah. We didn't learn anything about it. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Bama, Michigan. Bama, Michigan was a short favorite to open up, right around one and a half, two. I did take Bama at plus a half today, so all they have to do is win. I got it at minus 110. I would take Alabama, but Anything up to minus six and a half. Yeah. So I don't know. I might take them at more than that, but uh, that's maybe my Homer glasses talking. I, I just, I, I watched them. I'm not going to say they worked over Georgia up front, but they were good enough up front against Georgia. I, I don't see why they wouldn't be as effective or more against anyone else, including Michigan. Michigan's very good on the line of scrimmage. I, I don't think they're better on the line of scrimmage than the Alabama team I watched on Saturday. No. Yeah, Michigan's a little banged up on the offensive line as yeah, well. And I, so. I just I don't know how Michigan, the Michigan team that I've watched for the last month, would score on Alabama. I, I don't know. Maybe they can run it right down their throats and score. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But if they can't run the ball, they're in deep shit, and they're going to get their ass handed to them. As far as Washington, Texas. Over. <sighs> Yeah, over. <laughs> what? I'm gonna tell you what, man. I actually, I think I took that over on the Alamo Bowl when they played last year, and I, I don't think it hit. Oddly mm. enough, now that you mentioned that, well, Washington. I mentioned beat that. Yeah, Washington, yeah, Washington beat won. Them, right? I think by a touchdown, but I don't. I think it was a lot lower scoring than I. I, I think it, I'd have to go yeah, look it up. I want to say it was like 27 to 21 or something like that. Yeah, and I think those two teams probably got lined up in the high 60s. If I had yeah. to guess. Yeah, I think it's 63 or 64 is the last I saw. 
So I don't know. I feel like that's going to be an interesting matchup, man. A lot of like Texas's secondary is a bit suspect, but their defensive line is not suspect. It's arguably mm-hmm. the best defensive line in football. And yeah, man, I, I just I worry like Dylan Johnson. Good luck finding some running room, bud. <laughs> like, Texas's D line is better than anybody you've played all season. It's like twice as good as what you just played in the conference title game. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, last year, Washington won 27 to 20. That closed at 66 and a half. So it really didn't come all that close. It came within three touchdowns oh, of, yeah. of the over. So relatively uh, low scoring compared to expectations. But psh, boy. When I see those two teams, man, I don't. I'm sure Washington wasn't. I'm sure neither Washington and we know Michigan wasn't excited about the draw they got. I'm sure you saw that video on Twitter, Mm -hmm. you know, all those. Oh, my God. You know, when they drew Bama. So, yeah. And I couldn't tell if it was fear or surprise. Like they're taking a bat by by Florida State. I can, you know, maybe they were just like, uh, you know, assuming like a lot of us were that. Florida State was going to get in for all of the reasons we've talked about earlier and kind of weren't expecting Alabama to get in there. Or maybe they were – I don't know how you can um, – because by then you already know the other three seeds, so it's it's one of the two. Um, yeah, I mean – I don't know if point. it was like, oh, shit, or like, oh, you know, like <laughs> – Yeah, well, at this point, who would you rather go play? I would rather go play Florida State if it was me. Sure. So, uh, you know, I think they're probably like, fuck, that's who we play. Well, here we go, boys. Strap it up. It's going to be tough. You know, no yeah. freebies. I, don't, so. I mean, they might feel like they missed out on a free W, and I don't know that that would have been the case. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm telling you, like, people people think Michigan is so good, dude. I'm not so sure. I'm After what I saw this season and – feeling just as dumb as everybody else for believing Harbaugh actually had some good shit going only to find yeah, out, out of nowhere had, and magically turn the corner and yeah. Only know, to find out the, that he had everybody's signals. It's like, Oh, okay. So actually you're not that good. Okay, great. But you play in a weak ass conference where there's no competition outside of Ohio state and Penn state. Hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, I go back to look at their points allowed from when that, when they announced that this guy was placed on paid leave and, you know, before and after they, you know, playing Iowa is always, you know, obviously going to break that streak, but they had three (laughs) or four games in a row where they gave up their season high in points consecutively. Boom, 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 boom. Shocking. I'm not saying there's fire. Just saying there's smoke. I'm saying there's fire. It's wheat. And speaking of that, did you, speaking of Michigan and Connor Stallions, did you say Drinkwitz's clip? When he was yeah. on TV, that dude's such a, <laughs> boy, what that a, What a troll! So that guy, good. that guy must have a Lane Kiffin poster in his bedroom. Like oh, he is yeah. trying so hard. Hey man, kudos uh, to him. That was but, that was clutch. You know what? Let 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 him enjoy the moment. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is a ten win coach now at Missouri. That's not an easy place to Fuck to no. go win. That's a that's so a tough hats off to order. him. Yeah, that was a great season. I mean, I, and. I'll eat tons of crow for it. We talked about it. We'll, we'll do the win season, uh, win totals recap, you know, after the season's over. And I'll be eating a bunch of crow on Mizzou, man. I faded them not just in the preseason, but well, many times throughout, throughout. the season. So that's uh, my that's my one. I told you so. Is I told you the wrong team was favored when they played Tennessee. Oh God, I that's, know. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear that badge until the kickoff in the end of August. <laughs> well. Uh, that's what I get for putting faith in Tennessee. That's what I get, man. What are you going to do? So interesting conversation playoffs. We'll talk more about it as it comes. Uh, we'll get into, let's see, what are we going to do? We, we jumping into bowl mania the next couple of weeks. I don't know. Um, what's we'll the, today's the fourth. Uh, so next week would be the 11th. Yeah. You got army Navy next week and then pretty much nothing the week after. And then, yeah, it. I don't know. I, I guess we haven't talked about it at all. Are we doing another show to at least preview or pick that, or are we just going to say under? Uh, under. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. So then we'll under. be back on the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, somewhere, and I think by that point, bulls are about to start. So the next episode will be at least a, a, a kind of the first batch of bull previews. Yeah, yeah, we're we're back down to probably one episode a week now. Uh, might 
get two in there, sort of in between the playoff uh, recaps and the national championship game. Depends. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what we did the last couple of years, and it got goofy because we were trying to schedule it around travel arrangements for three people. Yeah, Christmas uh, and all that crap. Yeah. So and uh, and you know, we obviously we haven't talked about it. Uh, I think we did kind of broke up like the last week with all the new year six in the playoff, um, separate from stuff, you know, stuff like, uh, the, the cheese it bowl or the Gator bowl or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we're not going to cram too much bowl game mania into one episode, but we're also nah. not going to try our best to not ignore any either. No, so we may just we'll do some see. fortune. We may just do some fortune favors, de- the degenerate style, and just run yeah. down all the bowl games between two episodes and see what happens. Yeah, just so, throw some darts. Yeah, throw some darts, man. See what happens. Um, but in the meantime, you guys can find us on social media at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey forty seven. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair, and we will be back with you next week. After the Service Academy under, I don't care what it is, bet the under. If if anything under 30 or anything over 30, sorry, bet the under. It's fine. (laughs) So Army, Navy, they they won't score. But um, until then, catch you guys later and roll time. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm not going to troll Florida State fans anymore, I promise. All right, catch you guys later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.